just touch the beginning. We're just barely kicking our foot through the door. God has so much in store. It's it's hard for me to comprehend. And when I, it's hard for me to comprehend that I can't quit crying. That's a sign and a wonder. (laughs) But we can't quit here. We got to press in for all of it. I want all of it. Not just for me and not just for you, but for those people that don't have a clue. The people that need that peace of God, that presence of God in their life. We got to press in. So we are going into a busy season in the natural. Don't get so distracted. Do you've got to do those things? I understand, but don't do so much that you don't have time to press into the presence of God and take time to spend with Him. Um, next Sunday morning at nine fifteen is our donut day, and ushers, you may go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings.
someone here this morning that you're having issues with your neck. Your neck. The anointing comes on my neck. Am I going to take a long time? What? You? You? Bible says, you know, we can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So you just believe God that you're receiving that anointing. Amen today. Amen. healer. Jesus is the healer. Thank you, Lord. A lot of that next stuff, and I'm speaking from experience, is just a lot of stress. <laughs> we allow that to come, amen. You know, we're just all human beings, and, and sometimes that stress just settles on your neck and your back. I believe God, the anointing, destroys the yoke, amen. Before we get started here, I want to read something to you. First of all, you understand what fivefold ministry gift am I? Pastor. And uh, so you've got to understand my perspective. Every way I, I, I preach and teach and admonish and encourage comes from uh, the burning desire that's in me to see the sheep in church. And Dr. Mark Barclay, I, I've had this, and I just happened to look at it this morning, and, and I, it just registered in my heart, and I want to read it. It's just a short paragraph. It's the year of the local church. The idea and the goal of anti-Christ or anti-Christian indoctrinations is to break us down a little bit at a time until we no longer possess the spiritual or emotional strength to overcome. The devastating factor of sin is the same. It slowly breaks us down and slowly separates us from our ministries and pulls us back into the world 
and its worldly ways. Man did not set up or design the local church. Jesus Christ did. Much of the New Testament is filled with instructions for church members on how to conduct church services. In many, my many years of pastoring God's people, I have found that many only want to date God. Let that sink in. They don't seem to want to marry him. That's a statement, isn't it? They come into the local church for a season, long or short. Then they go back to the world and its ways. There are many warnings about this in the Bible. The outcome for these people is devastating. The Lord told me that in 2021 would be a year of the local church. Say, this is the year of the local church. There will be a wealth transfer this this year and next. Remember when they left Egypt? They knocked on the doors. Give me all your money, honey. All your gold, everything. Did they? Yes. They were loaded down when they went out. So why? Because I know what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to know what I'm going to do with it. Amen? I got two missionaries I just love to pour a lot of money into their ministry. God's house is designated by God to prosper. The Lord has not abandoned the true church. He will show up big this year. He is, he is showing up. He is showing up. And, and so I want you to see how important it is for you to get your fanny in church. Notice I said fanny. Annie. Amen? You got to be in church. If you miss church, you're missing God. The perfect will for you is the local church. Yesterday I was, yesterday, let's see what day was yesterday. It was the day before. I'm helping a gentleman with his estate, and he has a farm, and we've been going down to the farm, and the house has fallen in, and, and he rents it out, the ground, and, and of course you know what I like. And so on the way down, I um, said, Father... I want to find treasure today. And this house is caving in. The roofs, I went through the steps. My leg fell through. The termites had eaten it up. And we were in the basement. It's the third time we were there. The second time, Caleb found a whole row of crocs that were buried. And, and one was $500. It's already sold. Now, this isn't for me. This is for the gentleman. So I, I prayed, Lord, let, let me find treasures. So we go down. It was just Kathy and I. We go down in the basement. A lot of people wouldn't go down there. I don't know if Julie Clausen would go down there. A lot of animals have been down there. A lot of feces all over. I don't care. I step right on it. Don't bother me a bit. Nah. And uh, Kathy saw a door we didn't even see the door blend into the wall. It was the same color. We opened the door and got in there under the porch. There was stuff under there. But I found a crock, and I yelled at her. I found another crock, and it was full of papers. Just pushed down like bills. And I lifted this eight-gallon crock on the table. I thought, man, that's heavy. And I dumped it out, and out came cans of coins. This man 
I took it back. I called him. I said, how honest do you think I am? He didn't. It took him a while. And I, he's 84 years old. I wanted him to say, oh, I trust you. You're honest. And it was his brother's that's died. He must have put all his coin collection. I mean, there were wheat pennies and silver coins. And I took them all home and gave them to him. And I went to bed that night. I said, God, well, it wasn't that night. I said, God, you answered my prayer. I didn't, wasn't really looking for treasure for me. I just want to find something because it's in my blood. That's the way that I am. Amen. So God is so good. So we're talking about a transfer of wealth. There's money out there. There's wealth out there in the world. And it needs to get into the hands of God's people. If, if God can get it through you, He can get it to you. Never forget that. Amen? In John chapter 4 and verse 34, I want to read this to you. As Kathy stood here, because my heart just stirs. And we've been preaching and teaching and, and admonishing you about the importance of being born again, the new birth. And this, this rose up. This is where, you know, Jesus had the encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well, and he read her mail, remember? Then the whole town came out. Remember that? And uh, in the meantime, it says his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Now, you know, that's something, that's, that sentence there is enough to meditate on and chew upon. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That should be our heart's cry. To do the will of the Father and to finish it. The remnant church will finish the work of God. Do you not say there is still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they're already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. Do you know you might sow a scripture or some encouragement to somebody and tell them about Jesus and another one will come along week, month, years later and reap what you sowed into that individual's life. One sows and another reaps. Say that. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you've not labored. Others have labored and you've entered into their labors. So Harvest Church... The fields are, are ripe. And if you'll be sincere every day and wake up, I wake up every morning and I just, I, I said, Lord, I want your grace today. I need your grace. God 
has given us grace. And he'll give you a special grace to minister to special people. You're going to reach people I couldn't reach. I'm reaching people you wouldn't want to reach. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I reach a lot of characters because I am one and I like characters. But I want you to be sensitive. Every day, during the course of your day, at work, at school, whatever you're doing, people will cross your path if you'll say, Father, I'm a laborer. Thrust me into that harvest field, that field. I want to harvest a soul. I want to plant a seed today. God will do it. So just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's, that's all I'm asking you. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let me ask you some questions. And, you know, like, I usually have a, I work hard. I, I get a sermon and I have a, it's all there on paper and the notes and everything. But half the time I don't get through it all. But that's all right. I'm not one of these who's going to make you stay here till I finish it. I want to ask you some questions. How many were here last week? How many weren't here last week? Raise your hand. Okay, well, then you're. Don't worry about it then, because I'm going to ask questions. You don't need to worry about the answers. Those that were here last week better be able to answer these questions. Lighten up, Lucille. If you and I want to understand the new birth, where should our search begin? What did you say? No, that isn't the right answer. Eh. If you and I want to, see, did I, I preach this last week. If you and I want to understand the new birth, let me, let me help you. I'll give you a hint. Where in the Bible should you go to understand how this, how it began? What? Thank you. Pay her. $20 bill. Give it to her, huh? Genesis. You have to go back to the book of Genesis or you'll not understand John 3.16. Okay? Why did man fall? Adam did what? Yeah, he did. He sinned. But what should Adam have been doing? I don't know what he was doing. Out naming animals. And he should have been taking care of some, some things. Amen? Did Adam die physically? No. How did he die? Spiritually. What did he lose? What? All these answers are probably all right. Fellowship, definitely. That's an important one. Thank you. That's the other one I wanted you to, to understand. He lost his dominion, his authority. Amen. Who has dominion over the earth now? Satan. Yes, a fallen angel. People blame God for earthquakes. People blame God for this and tsunamis and on and on and on and on. Jesus, in John chapter 12, verse 31, called Satan the ruler of this world. He has legitimate rule over this world. So God gets all, the Father gets all the blame. Isn't that sad? 
How was man redeemed from his sin? Easy. Christ. We can, there's a lot there we can go into. What did the first Adam give us? Thank you. Death. Spiritual death. What did the second Adam give us? Life. What kind of life? Eternal life. Does that mean we're just going to live forever in heaven? No. The thing is, once you are born again, you receive life. Jesus is life. You receive him into your heart. You become a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. You have the nature of God. Now, that's why you have to meditate the word. You can read and read and read, and sometimes you'll just see something and you'll see how important it is. The life of God is, in the Greek, it's Zoe. It's the God kind of life. It's the nature of the Father. Do you realize that we have the nature, God's very own nature, when you're born again, on the inside of you? Say, I have the nature of God. I have the life of God. Scripture says, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Now, here we talked about this. What do most people believe will get them to heaven? What do most people believe that will get them through the pearly gates? Being a good person. What else? Good deeds, good works. Well, I'm, you know, I'm running this bazaar. <laughs> what else? Going to church. Boy, there's one where you can be deceived. What? Sprinkled. Careful now. We might get into trouble. We're, we're on religious ground here. Sprinkled. Getting sprinkled or baptized doesn't get you to heaven, folks. You're, 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 you know, baptized as a child and, and uh, or go through Methodists. We went through confirmation. That isn't going to get you to heaven. You're going to become, come to that age of accountability where you're going to have to know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. Amen. What part of man is born again? What part of man changes or woman changes when you receive Christ? Your spirit. Okay. So let's go on a few minutes. We'll talk about the necessity of the new birth. Now let me make a statement. I'm going to make some statements and I'll give you some scriptures. And for the sake of time, I'll, I'll read most of them to you. You and I cannot see the kingdom of God without being born again. You and I cannot see the kingdom of God without being born again. Being born again is a spiritual rebirth of the human spirit. What's God's nature? John 4, 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. When I come and I worship on, you know, in the morning, I, many times I just sing in the spirit. Sing in the spirit. What do you mean sing in the spirit? I speak, I sing in that heavenly prayer language. Hebrews 12, 9 refers to the Father as the Father of spirits. 
Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Is righteousness, peace, and joy, can you touch that? Is it physical? It's spiritual. Now, our nature, we're, we're made in the likeness of God. Our nature in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I did not. This was one of the first revelations in the Word of God that I received as a young, born-again, young man of God. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a spirit being. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in this tent. This is a tent. Amen? It's your, it's your space suit. And then, you know, the real you is on the inside. If the real Mike would come out right now in the spirit, he would have hands, arms, a real nice head of hair. I don't, he wouldn't have to wear a hat so the sun wouldn't bake his bald head. But you're a spirit being. And that's the part of you that changes. Ephesians 6.10 talks about spiritual battles. How do you fight spiritual battles? With spiritual weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not mighty, but are, are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. So the remnant church understands that we are in a spiritual battle right now. It's, it's so important. How many have, have read the book by Dr. Kenneth Hagin on how to be led by the Spirit of God? Let me see your hands. Okay? Read it again. Then after you read it, read it again. Then after you read it the third or fourth time, read it again. I don't know how many times I've read it. Kathy's read it. You've got to get a revelation of the fact that God is a spirit and you are a spirit being. And there are spirit beings out there that don't know Christ. And their God, their father is Satan. And they're in the kingdom of darkness and they need to be yanked out of that kingdom and in the kingdom of light. Amen. Okay, the next statement. Without new birth, there will be no life or relationship with God. Without the new birth, you will not have fellowship or relationship with God the Father. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You're not going to get there through Buddha. The one in the donut shop here in town. It used to be there. I don't know if it's there anymore. Remember that? Don't you remember that? Well, you don't eat enough donuts. Little fat Buddha sitting there. Well, who's their God? Is it Jesus? No. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Okay? Without personal relationship with Jesus Christ, there'll be no life or relationship with God. And I want you to understand, maybe you know some of this. But I believe the Spirit of God is stirring up, stirring our hearts for the harvest that's out there. You and I have to start thinking about the new birth. How, how to win people to Christ. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through Him we both have access by one Spirit 
to the Father. It's only through Jesus. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. He's the only way. Say, Jesus is the only way. Next statement. In the new birth, you receive a new perspective. Say, new perspective. Your eyes are open. You can begin to see that you belong to another kingdom now. Amen? Matthew 6.10, we pray it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You have a new perspective. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. Yeah, the kingdom of light. And you've got to you've got to have this mindset now that you're a citizen of another kingdom if you're born again, truly born again. And I I want you to understand it's not about your kingdom. It's not about my kingdom. And that's where a lot of these big mega churches got off because it was the preacher's kingdom. There's only one kingdom, and it's the kingdom of God. Luke 12, 31 says, but seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added on to you. God wants to bless you. You get into his kingdom, you start working in his kingdom, you're going to be blessed. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. See, when you get, become a member of God's kingdom, God's family, there'll be signs, wonders, and miracles. What's coming? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Say it. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. Because we're in the Father's kingdom, and He confirms His word with those signs, wonders, and miracles. Luke 9.62 says, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You're, not, you're going to have trouble going anywhere if you're looking back. When I was, <laughs> the boys, when they were trying to teach them how to drive, I'd say, now you drive where you're looking. Because, you know, Caleb would be looking. Well, you know what he does now. I'm driving. He'll say, you know, you drive where you look. Just like to slap him sometimes. But, you know, we want to go forward. We want to go forward now. We're not going to be fit for God's kingdom if we're looking back. Say, I'm not looking back. I'm going forward. No half-hearted discipleship. I'm, I'll be honest with you in the days ahead. and This won't be the church for you. If you don't want to be a half-hearted disciple. 
If you just want to come to church once in a while and, 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 and all that worship was so good, I love the presence of God. And all oh, that preacher, he preached pretty good, better than last week. But, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to go to church every week. I don't, I don't need to do that, you know, because just come and talk to me and I'll, I'll try to get you into the right church. This is a committed, we are people committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. So if you do not want to be committed, don't come to church here. Jeez, I don't like how he talks to us. I ain't changing. I ain't changing, sweetheart. She's not changing. You've got to be committed. God expects this. God will not entrust signs and wonders and miracles with half-hearted devotion. He only will entrust people with miracles when they're in it all. We're in it for good. Amen? Now, let me say this, and I'll qualify this. You've got to give people an opportunity that are searching. Do you, you know what I'm saying? They've never been to a church like this. <laughs> They've never had a preacher just open his mouth and say it the way it is. And, and it's, it's culture shock. But I'll tell you this, a neck of the woods needs it. Religion doesn't save people. Tradition doesn't save people. Only Jesus Christ saves people. And we have to exalt him. Amen? Next statement. Through the new birth, I'm almost done, we literally enter into a new realm. A new realm. A new way of life. A new relationship with God and with others. Let me say it once more. Through the new birth, we literally enter into a new realm. Say new realm. A new way of life, new relationship with God and others. You know, when we were worshiping and, you know, we, after she got up, what I sensed in my heart was just, was different. It was, now don't take this wrong, because I do love you. Shepherd's got to love his sheep. Like one minister said, the ministry would be all right if it wasn't for the people. I heard that years ago, and you know what? I think I needed to hear that, and I've had to remind myself. <laughs> I'm here because ultimately I should love people. But I sensed the agape love, not phileo, but the agape love of God flowing here in this room today. Yeah, and that's what, that's what the world needs. We ought to sing, what the world needs now some of you don't even know that song. The ones that laughed did. No, I don't remember it. I need a G on the court. No. <laughs> Through the new birth, we literally enter into a new realm, a new way of life, new relationship with God and others. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The new birth is more than simply being saved. Don't let that go over your head. The new birth, being born again, is more than simply being saved or just going to heaven. Get saved, get born again so I can go to heaven. It's the beginning of a whole new supernatural way of life. 
It's a whole new supernatural way of life, authority, power, and service. Look at Ephesians 2. We'll close with these scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2. I heard that phone. Don't worry, I've done it too. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, this is so good, folks. This is so good. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh. That's us. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by by nature children of wrath just as the others. But God. See, I love the but gods. But God, who is what? Rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses. You know, folks, you're going to see people in the days ahead that don't know Jesus and they're going to rub you the wrong way. They're not going to look right, talk right, smell right. I don't know. But I want you to remember, you were part of their kingdom once. You're no different. Don't be judgmental and critical. We all have it. Oh, no, Pastor, I'm not judgmental. Yes, you are. We all are. We've got to watch that, being critical of especially sinners. Amen? We need to love them into the kingdom. He made us alive together with Christ by grace. You've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Look at Romans 5. Romans 5. Verse 17. We're talking about through the new birth, we literally literally enter into a new realm, a new way of life, the God kind of life. I love this scripture. This is you and I. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in heaven through the one Jesus Christ. Is that what it says? No. It says, will reign where? In life. So we've received our dominion back. Our authority back. And you and I are supposed to reign in this life. Amen? Biden is not going to rule and reign me. 
The federal government will not rule and reign me. Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, will rule and reign me. I go, I've got to watch it. I'm sorry. You need to pray for me because you've got to guard my, I got to guard my heart. I just see people with these, these masks on. And I, I realize you've got to be sensitive to others because they don't get it. But it's the millennials. See, I'm going to stand right here and then I'm going to put a shield. I need to have a shield fastened so nothing hits me. I just want to go up to them and just yank the mask right off of them. And say, wake up, you're being deceived. It's truth. If you don't believe me, talk to her. One more scripture, 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, we'll close with this. This is a good way to close. You and I cannot see the kingdom of God without being born again. Amen? Amen? Without the new birth, there will be no life or relationship with God. In the new birth, new perspective comes as we see the kingdom of God. Through the new birth, we literally enter into a new realm, a new way of life, new relationship with God and others. This is, this is a great scripture. 1 Peter 2, look at verse 9. But you are chosen generation. Now, just, just stop a minute. Close your eyes. Everybody, close your eyes. Listen to this. This is God the Father speaking to you. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You've, you've obtained mercy. I've obtained mercy. I've received, you've received eternal life. Stand up, would you please? But all of us, all of us, Every day, from now on, I want your eyes to be open to the lost. I want your heart to be softened. I want the compassion of Christ that's in you to come out when you see someone sick. When you see someone that's broken down and defeated and depressed. You have the, the, the life and nature of God, our Creator, the Father Himself. And we have an obligation and a responsibility. You don't have to go out there and give a hundred scriptures, but just, you might put your arm around Him. You might hand Him a $10 bill. You might do something that would soften their heart to the gospel. You don't have to be Billy Graham. Just be yourself because you all have a circle or a sphere of influence to affect people every day. Look at your mouth. You're a mouthpiece. Little mouthpiece on the radio every day. And you try. I know you do. You'll, you'll inject some things and sometimes you get in trouble just like me. People interpret it wrong. But you have a mouthpiece and you can plant seeds.
You work somewhere. You work with some sinners. Amen? Some real characters. You're by yourself. I don't know who you... You work for her, your wife, right? Everybody here is going to see people every day that I'll never see. Let's, let's just believe God they see Jesus in you. Father, I pray today for this body. Oh, Father, we're so thankful that we can come together as a family and experience your presence. We do not take that for granted, Father. We do not want to become too familiar with your presence. But we want to be in holy fear and awe of you every time we come together. My prayer is, Lord, that you will take us, use us as vessels of honor in the days ahead. To help us reach the harvest. I pray, Lord, our spiritual eyes be open to see the harvest. Our spiritual ears be open to hear their cry for help. I call these people doers of the word and not just hearers only. These are not pseudo-Christians. But these are true believers. And signs, wonders, and miracles follow them. They lay hands on the sick and they recover. They cast out devils. They speak the word of God in love and their speech every day is with grace seasoned with salt. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, you're raising up a mighty army. This remnant army is increasing and will continue to increase in the days ahead. And so, Father, we thank you. We love you. And, Lord, we say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Is there anyone here, I didn't pray for you, that you're sick? That's part of the gospel. Now, I'm telling you people with the necks, you, sometimes you're healed instantly. Sometimes it's as you go. But you just continue to thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That word of knowledge came. I received it. That stress has got to go. Pain, stiffness has got to go. In Jesus' name. I'll tell you something. I yell at myself every day. I yell at my body. Because as you get older, do you notice you get a few aches and pains? I literally scream at my body. I'm taking my dominion. Don't receive it. You, you receive the pain and the sickness. You tell it where to go in Jesus' name. Sam, a radical for Jesus. Let's go. God bless you. Thank you, everybody. Have a good week.